Hello, everybody. Welcome to today's episode with we Bossy can. Skirt. Can you hear me okay, Alana? Oh, yeah. We can hear you. Okay. <laughs> well, we are here today to talk with Tony, Alana, and Kelsey about what it's like to be a young professional in the real world work, in the real work world. <laughs> and there are a lot of things that we can discuss today. I think the first thing that we wanted to talk about is what's going on with this generational gap in the workplace. There's all kinds of press about it. I know I hear from some of my douchier friends some nasty shit about young people. It drives me crazy because that's not been my personal experience. And so I wanted to explore that a little bit today with what some of your experiences have been. And maybe I can help uh, give you guys some remedies to short circuit some of those triggers. So who wants to jump in first? <laughs> I guess I'll, 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 take the, I'll take the bullet. I'll go first. Why not? <laughs> I mean, I, my working experience is actually kind of interesting because I worked for a small business before this for about four or five years and still kind of work there <laughs> and, like, help out there. And that's about really the only other small, like, workplace experience I have because I went there and I stayed and I work my way up, and they like me, and they treat me like family there. So. Yeah, can I just jump in right now and yeah. say, so the next asshole who tells me that millennials and Gen Zs are lazy, you just totally offhand mentioned the fact that you're working two jobs. But anyway, <laughs> camera True. back on you, Tony. <laughs> I'm going to say I've am employed at four different places. I don't necessarily work all four in the same day or week span, but it it's nearly impossible to be in a career as a startup you know, this is, you were saying this is our like first job in our field, right? Mm -hmm. How did you word that exactly? Just exactly that. Your first in-field job. In-field job. Okay. So all three of us, this is our first in-field job here at the station, but you know, it's not going to be exactly how we want to be paid right off the bat either. So we have to have other sources of income in order to support ourselves. Mm -hmm. And me being, you know, from a theater and artist background, like I'm never going to have a job at least not this early on, you know, in my life, that's going to pay enough to, you know, just have one of those jobs be enough. So, okay. Yeah. So you're out there hustling too. Absolutely. All right. But Tony, keep on talking to me about these, uh, these two experiences at the small business that you're still side hustling at older people there. Uh, yeah, just one. Uh, there was, I worked with a, actually two. I worked with about a 50 year old guy who owns the store, uh, 50 ish, got kids growing up. And then there was another like older guy who'd retired and was just kind of working it as a side gig uh and then you know worked with like 20 20 year olds and kids who needed to figure out but anybody who gets hired there stays there it's just family that's how it is like i said um other than that now i'm working here and i i guess i'm pushing i gotta work it just takes time you know i'm i'm still young i guess that's my thing is i don't want to use that as an excuse but i think i'm making good progress for being young <laughs> well absolutely run your own race that's one of the things i love to say but so your experiences so far have been pretty positive yeah for the most part yeah i mean i've now that i'm coming into the industry and stuff or my industry of work that i went to school with all of them you know production um and it kind of uh, I don't even know how to say it, but yeah, you start to learn some more life lessons, not just that hard work is going to get you by because it's not always just hard work. No, it's not. In fact, I like to say that what Bossy Skirt offers is all the stuff they didn't teach you at school and that you won't find in the employee handbook. Yeah. <laughs> Kelsey, how about you? What have your experiences been like with uh, boomers and Xers so far? 
Sorry, that phrase just kind of took me. You know what a boomer is? A baby boomer or a Gen Xer? Yeah, aren't the, isn't that like our parents and their parents? It's like all those old. Oh, <laughs> um, no, my experiences range. This is my first infield job as well, doing broadcast, industry, digital, you know, news, entertainment, stuff like that. I love it. Mm-hmm. It feels less like a job, more of like a hobby. But as Tony was saying, we're all growing up, have to pay the bills. There's other stuff that you need to do. I am not currently working another job, but I've had several different jobs and since I've been 16 to now to pay the bills and do what I had to do to keep gas in my car from fast food to retail to clothing to security work. Okay. Yeah. So you're a hustler too. Mm. We could have we could have had our first segment be about hustling. <laughs> but so what has your experience been like with uh um you know, people over 40? Um actually, I try to get along with my adults and my elders. I feel like we have a lot to learn from them. So if you go at them with a sour attitude, you're not going to learn anything from them. They're just going to dislike you and Agreed. talk all the yeah. all just the crap per- that they do about us. And you know, it just this. goes to solidify their opinions. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, I, I like working with the adults that have been there, done that, had their run around, and know like what to anticipate. I think like, it depends on the industry, too. Well, in our industry, we get a, a large assortment and mix of people that we meet from kids our age to people my grandparents age so so here's what's so fantastic about everything that you guys are saying number one you already understand that there's potentially going to be a bias and you guys are all conscientiously conducting yourselves in ways to dispel all of those myths number one number two all the side hustle conversations and the fact that you even recognize that that's an issue and that you're taking countermeasures right out of the gate This is why I say I love young people and why I want to dot every one of my Gen X and Boomer friends right in the forehead because all they love to do is regurgitate exactly the sound bites of, oh, they're entitled, they're spoiled, they're all this shit. And everything that you guys just said with your initial experiences, nothing that you've said supports those stereotypes. So this is going to be one of those, I keep on telling everybody who I coach and mentor, we're going to change those perceptions one young person at a time. So kudos to you. Alana, do you have something you want to add? Oh, no, not at all. I, I had something I want to add. I was actually <laughs> just saying, about adults in the workplace, actually. That's a good one. I think it really depends, too, on the industry. Now that I've come up into more professional jobs, um, I think working with some adults in industries where it's not so much, or it is kind of brute, labor, like just labor. Yeah, it's not so much, um, you know, skills and the, the little math and, you know, doing all that stuff, uh, running a business, per se, but... Um, I've noticed those, they have a different view of the people who work right alongside them. And In what they way? See Talk it. to me about that. Um, like I said, I worked at the fish store, and they know, uh, it's an aquarium store, a fish store. Um, and my boss, he sees it, he tries to, you know, encourage us. And I have never heard him complain about young people. I've never heard him complain about, oh, you millennials, or this. And I never He's fall into keeper. that. Exactly. He He teaches, I guess the thing is, I grew up with them, and... So they've kind of taught me not to be that millennial stereotype, if you will. And that's that's the thing is they don't want me to be like that. So I, I've noticed, though, when you come into like an office place, sometimes the view in the office space is a little bit more related to all oh, those lazy millennials. They're entitled. They expect everything. But they're just not a lot of millennials in the office. I see. I so, like. well, you know, so then probably what helped you is that you were surrounded by some older folks who gave you advice in advance of what to avoid yeah which sounds like it was helpful but yeah so for our friends out there who are going to hit the job market 
land in an office place that's maybe filled with some older folks who aren't maybe so uh, advocate-centric, uh, they might they might have some tougher experiences. So the good news is that that isn't really happening for you guys. Um, but you said something, too, that I want to explore, um, Tony, because I talk to a lot of my young clients about this as well, and that is there's a very big difference, especially in your early career, between hard skills and soft skills. Mm -hmm. So all three of you are very technically oriented. You have hard skills now. But do you think that a lot of young people, maybe especially those that are going to go right from college to the workplace, understand that they need to augment their education with a nice set of hard skills, whether that's technical skills running equipment, software programs that you can execute? Like, I think that that's in this big push for you guys to make sure you get your education. There's been a gap in making sure everybody understands that there are actually some hard skills you need to be acquiring early on as well. I think learning in an office is just like working in an office is a new experience that you have to like even undertake. It's like you don't even know how everything works day to day. Yeah, like, you hear your parents talking about it yeah. miserably every day as you're growing up, but you don't understand it until you go there. I think you walked in and asked me if you could have a cup of coffee. Yeah, when we first started, like, I was there's like, there's, coffee. there's <laughs> coffee in the cabinets. Are we allowed to have that? Because I, <laughs> at any of my other jobs before, I, it wasn't like an office setting per se, even mm -hmm. if I was like a, in like a place with office like break rooms and stuff it wasn't just like a, yeah hey go make a coffee start working on your stuff for the day and like we, we socially can do that oriented when we come too here. yeah how about you alana how was your first landing here um great question uh well i actually i started as an intern under uh the great craig folly so i have nice a very unique <laughs> experience uh learning under him and kind of being um thrust into this um very news-oriented, politically-oriented, business-minded um, focus, if you will. And I'm contacting those kind of people all the time now, and I feel like, you know, a total immersion is really what works best for me. So it's a sink-or-swim, fight-or-flight type of uh, deal. And, you know, Craig needs help with his Instagram, <laughs> so now I'm the person to the to do that and I don't want to say that there's a generational gap you know being kind of bridged there but I saw a need and mm -hmm. I'm meeting it you know because he he needs the younger audience members as well and you know I don't know if I'm bringing this full circle or not but yeah. <laughs> but basically you know the the people that are the baby boomers and whatnot they're they're the ones that are looking to us you know millennials for advice on you know or or just flat out help with their mm -hmm. technology even so. in and out of the workplace like i'm sorry to kind of throw this a little bit off topic no, but grandparents my grandma's always asking me how to use her phone just because she doesn't understand it because she didn't like we grew up mm -hmm. going from the flip phones to the touchscreen phones and getting these applications for socializing and stuff. And our parents and grandparents are they're like, what are you guys doing? Like they're catching on to Facebook and stuff with the computer. But as far as my grandma downloading something or closing an app, she doesn't understand it. To what? answer the question though about the like the gap of skills between college and going into the workplace. I feel like there definitely is that gap though, for sure. I think there's a lot of kids who go into college, a lot of people, and they come out thinking, I have this degree, now I'm gonna make this much. This is how much. I Every time I heard when I was applying for schools, oh, I'm going for a cyber, cyber security degree and I'm gonna make $100,000 a year. It's like, you don't know that. 
No. <laughs> you you don't know anything. No, you could go to school and study, but you still got to work your way up. I was just like say, with anything. I, I went to school, and I'm yeah. I, I, like I said, I'm starting to realize that mm-hmm. you you got to work your way up. <laughs> well, it's interesting. One of the things that um, you guys are talking about that I give advice to folks about all the time, and you just naturally figured it out. And that is because you're so good with technology. One of the best ways to make yourself valuable at work and to bridge the generation mm-hmm. gap is to offer your technical skills mm-hmm. to the older folks. That's exactly right. So that's a fantastic uh, way to wrap up this segment. I think we're going for a break. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, we'll talk about more stuff as far as us growing up and taking on the career field when we get back. And hope you guys are looking forward to it. As a business owner, you're always looking to save money and cut costs where you can. And if you advertise on radio or television, you know it can get pretty pricey. If radio and TV aren't delivering like they promised, and you're looking for a more reasonably priced way to get your message to the masses, I've got an answer for you. New Radio Media. With live streaming and on-demand programming, your message can be seen throughout the day, and you can worry a little less about cutting those costs. For more information, go to newradiomedia.com or call Buzz Van Houten at 248-939-9999. It's all about you, and that's the way we like it. Where you're going. What you do to stay fit. What you're eating. What you're thinking. And how you're feeling. Join the conversation at NewRadioMedia.com's Lifestyles channel. Stream the life you want to live. We're back talking more stuff from career expansion to bosses to millennials. So. And Gen Zs. And you know, baby boomers. There's so much bullshit around this generational thing. You know, the Gen Zs really want to lose the uh, the misnomer of millennials, which that speaks volumes all on itself. I thought I was part of the millennial. Like, sorry, I never thought I was included in the millennial, quote unquote, you know, generation but i guess oh, you i are. totally am right i like i don't know why but i actually was like googling that earlier this yeah. is all kind of serendipitous today you're a millennial but both tony and kelsey are gen z's yeah and i'm an xer 
Right. Okay. <laughs> uh, but I want to go back to what Tony was talking about back before the break because you said something really fascinating when you were saying how a lot of kids today think that uh, they're going to go to school, get their degree, land in the workforce, and boom, it's all going to fall into place. And I uh, steal this philosophy from the very brilliant guy named Seth Godin, who every young person should subscribe uh, to his blog or his podcast. But he calls it the motor. And his point is that you guys are raised to learn that you do A, B, and C, and D will automatically happen. And that's what happens in school. And um, what, what, uh, what can really be a challenge for young people is that's not what happens at work. Yeah. I had this fantastic exchange with this kid uh, who was saying, you know, Jenny, I want to become a VP of marketing like you did. Uh, tell me the steps. And I'm like, I can't, dude. <laughs> I don't know what your other coworkers are going to be like and if they're going to be better or worse than you. I don't know what your boss is going to be like and if he's going to or she's going to like you and take an interest in you. There are so many variables that happen out in the real world. So you got to find the motor within. You mm -hmm. have to find the engine inside of you to create your plan because having all of that be laid out and know that that end game will automatically happen that doesn't that doesn't exist anymore yeah, no you can't just go to school work hard know that you're going to land a career you got to keep pushing and trying to do your best every single day and earn it yeah essentially yeah that's exactly right like, i didn't realize that i graduated high school and waited to go to school a lot of people go right to college you know their next fall out of getting out of school study whatever they're studying for however long get out go find their entry-level career i goofed off doing different jobs to kind of find where I wanted to work at in life. And I think a lot of the times people not waiting and doing that can ruin their outlook for a lot of different things going into it. If does, if, does that make sense? I think there's a lot of outside pressure too to go to school and stuff. I grew up going to like private school and I was always told you need to go to college. You're like not right going to get a job if you don't get go to college. If you don't, if you skip a year, you're not even going to go back. You're and not going to be gonna, successful. Yeah. Um, and I think that is very wrong in it some aspects wrong. because you can go do things like vocational i think some people are afraid to go that route absolutely the traditional like trade yeah, route trade school. Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people we need the world needs more plumbers electricians people like that we'll welders. Need those people. yeah uh -huh. welders make great money yeah <laughs> well not only that when we were talking earlier about the hard skill piece and this also dovetails into the generational gap older people like me put a very high premium on experience yeah. So I think a lot of times kids who go right into school, get the degree, and now think, okay, now it's going to happen. All but they have they is have school no, on their resume. No practical experience. Mm -hmm. So that may hinder their effectiveness when they first land on the job versus somebody who may have skipped, gotten lucky to break in and get straight into their vocation and then earn a bunch of experience doing that. Very often mm -hmm. that person's going to have an advantage over the person who has Life the degree. Experience. But nobody talks about that. Mm -hmm. And you're right, Tony. That's, that's an option that should be made I think more visible because I do think people are getting painted into these boxes that there's only one path mm -hmm. and there's not. Well, I know there's a lot of like engineering jobs out there, but it seems like everybody out there, I mean, it could just be Michigan, but everybody goes for engineering. It seems like in 10 years, we're going to have the whole world is going to be engineers and, we're and more stuff than that. Yeah, it's so true. That's I think because the tech industry gets a lot of really sexy press. So coders and computer programmers and the Mark Zuckerberg legend, you know, they create a lot of those impressions out there. And to your point just now, Tony, there are a lot of ways to make money out there. Mm -hmm. yeah. Not everybody's going to make a Facebook. Exactly. <laughs> He's a unicorn, as they say. Mm. So sort of along these lines, I have this uh, thing, I call it a thought starter, and I, I throw out a thought and I want you to finish it. And this one is, 
I'm really good at blank, but nobody ever asks me to do it. Do you guys have any hidden skills or value that you think you represent and you're not given the opportunity to share it? Uh, emotionally support somebody. I know that seems a little odd, but it's I, uh, I tend to be a more social person. I kind of wanted to go into a field that was working with people, you know, and this is still pretty social and I get to talk to people every day and meet new people. But like, I think even if you just need to be there for somebody, I, no one asked me that, you know, I get asked to, <laughs> I get asked to, you know, run an, an audio board or, <laughs> you know, sweet. flip, flip videos, but you know, never, no, never just like, hey, can I talk to you? Yeah. Aww. Or, Hey, here, we're going to be trying to take the business in this direction. What's your idea? Do you have any thoughts on it? Not that it matters per se, but you know, maybe get an idea, you know, get an opinion from somebody. That's really good. I yeah, had no wow. idea. For me, it's kind of the opposite. I'm really good at you know, hands-on tech type stuff, but I never get put into it because I am a people person. <laughs> so I get put into the organizational, more producer type roles, but I really love, you know, put, like doing actual like uh, production of, you know, audio and sound and uh, audio is sound, sorry, audio and video um, aspects. Like I wish I had more opportunities like that. That's fascinating. You two both just blew stereotypes right out of the water. Which, that's what we want to do 26 <laughs> minutes at a time. Um, ultimately, I'm, I'm not really sure what I could get asked to do more of that I don't. I try to make myself very well rounded. I feel more oftentimes than not, I try to be goofy and comical. I try to add um, that element to like the seriousness of the industry. Well, here's the other thing I can tell about you, Kelsey, and that is nobody has to wait to ask you to do something because you're going to raise your hand immediately and say, oh, by the way, I can help with that. I try to, yeah. yeah. It's interesting, though. I want to go back to what Tony just said about people because this is probably the most underrepresented, least often discussed part about business. And what I love to remind young people is that every single thing about work is about people. I don't care if you're a programmer, a soundboard operator, a computer engineer. You can't get stuff done if you don't work well with people. And people who are likable get more promoted because we don't like being around negative, gossipy people. We like being around people who make us feel good, people who can make connections, who can understand how to help somebody. Those are all qualities that actually end up really increasing your chances of having a very successful career. But the people thing is not uh, very often discussed. We get, you know, we get hung up a lot in strategy and critical thinking and hard skills. And people who can get along with people, they are always going to be more successful. Maybe even working as a team sometimes. I mean, yeah, we do work as a team here. But I feel like now there's like a lot of pressure put on individual, being an individual. And you like, got to not necessarily you got to bring something to the table i mean not that you you always have to bring something to the table but Being not well-rounded yeah but everyone's like you it's like a machine you have to have this one specific thing or you know it just you feel pressured <laughs> i mean i feel like people can be interchangeable in those positions but regardless of what you're doing you got to make sure that you're equally into it with like the rest of your exactly your, yeah. your, your team or exactly you yeah. know 
That's actually one of the hardest parts about business. So you guys hear the word coming close with your coworkers. No, actually, I was going to, although that's important too. Uh, and we should talk about that because that comes with boundaries as well. But no, I was going to talk about collaboration because when you get into the real world, like you guys probably all worked on group projects in school. Mm -hmm. So everybody knows how difficult that is. But why it really becomes challenging at work is because typically you're going to be working in cross-functional teams, right? So you're going to have creative people and you're going to have technical people and you're going to have sales people. And so who's the ultimate decision maker may be ambiguous, which means everybody just has to figure out how to figure it out together. And turf comes into it and ego comes into mm -hmm. it and style comes into it. Oh, yeah. So being able to really effectively get shit done across a uh, cross-functional work group collaboration is really, you know, that's high-level stuff. It's very high-level stuff. And I'm very fortunate. I think all of us are very fortunate. We like everybody that we mm -hmm. work with. We have with a good here. feel for each other. And, mm -hmm. it, and we obviously, everybody does have their off days or like, you know, they're not good moods, but we're, we're at that point where we get a feel and a sense for each other, regardless of who it is in the office. They're having a bad day, try to cheer them up, be polite to them, like, you know, to encourage them, tell yeah. them they're doing a good job, tell them you appreciate them being here and yeah. everything that they do for you. Yeah. I always say there's two types of relationships that you really have to focus on building when you first land at a job. The first one is you have to establish a rapport with what I'm going to call the company influencers because those mm -hmm. are the people who are going to notice your work and give you opportunities for advancement. But the other one is I always say you got to find your tribe. We spend way too much time at work to not have really good, mm -hmm. warm, soul-filling relationships and people who don't have the opportunity to create those works just less satisfying yes and you don't do as well when you're not satisfied yes so having a tribe at work can actually help you become a better performer I've gone into jobs before I don't mean to cut you off I've gone into jobs before and like like starting a new job and you just think like you know what no like I'm this is gonna be the one job where I go to where I'm not gonna worry about making you know friends or building relationships like I'm just there to work right it's just go in clock in do your job and go home but like that's miserable and if you can look forward to going work to work just because of that one or two people you know is gonna help make your day just that much more enjoyable like yeah I definitely I totally agree with building a tribe as far as you know uh, functional work relationships it's it's nearly impossible to to just close yourself off that way I think the key word there is functional too yeah because yes. you know you don't want to get too involved with your work friends that's true too <laughs> I've had jobs where like you do everything together and you're like I need time away from you mm -hmm. you know yeah that's yeah. why I was talking earlier <laughs> about those things always need boundaries yes. too Absolutely. Um, because at the end of the day you always want to assume that at some point you're gonna be the boss so the challenge is when you're at this very camaraderie type stage that you also never do anything that's going to come back and bite you in the ass if you're ever, you know, the station manager someday. <laughs> so um, it, you are never entirely not at work, no matter how close you become. So I think it is a fine line of getting that uh, emotional fulfillment and support, but also making sure that you're still protecting your reputation as you go. Yeah, definitely. I definitely <laughs> agree with that, yeah. Wow. That's like, oh, I really, that like hit, that one hit a little bit. <laughs> Dude, I, I got, tell you all the I time, got... work follows you everywhere. Oh, so yeah. Watch what you post online, watch what you, what oh, yeah. you're, you know, all that from school, so. Yeah, because you never know who could be your ally or turn on you at the end of the day. Like, if, if you're going for a new job and somebody knows that you, somebody you know works there, like, 
it might come down to whether you get the job or not mm-hmm. based on if you were a good person. Yeah, it's still like <laughs> a, <laughs> it's still a competitive online. world. Yeah, yeah you still absolutely. have to compete with these people mm-hmm. at some on some level. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to leave you all with a last piece of advice. The time may have passed for this, but this is what I tell all of my uh, senior and college students and clients is now is the time to create your new social media feed that's not in your real name so that you can maintain that professionalism as you go. Mm. But mm. keep your keep your down low one on the alias where you can still have fun. <laughs> yeah. Mm. All right, well, that'll do it. Thanks, everybody, for joining us today. This was a fantastic podcast with Bossy Skirt. Thank Join you. Join us next Thank time. You. Thank you all so much. low-budget movie version. 60s TV version. Early 2000s high school pseudo-adaption that eventually grows into the geek we all know and love version, yeah? I'm getting paid a lot of money to be here, so listen up. Watch the Geektainment channel on newradiomedia.com. It's geek-approved.